0: The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of NBA Today Hoop Ball Presentation. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Make sure to check out Fine Folks of Hoop As I always say online, hoop. Dash ball dot com on Twitter at hoop tweets. I got frequent guest at this point, almost an honorary co host. You know what? Why not? Uh, host of the Cavs Central Pod. You can find him on Twitter at Justin Match 26. It's my good friend Justin Match. how you doing, man? Of course,
1: cool, the introduction. I'm, I'm doing great, Corbin. How you doing
0: tonight? <laughs> you know, um, I we talked a little bit before, tired, tired, but aside from that, you know, I'm just trying to make sense of how this NBA season is going to play out. Um, cuz it's been weird. Uh, contact tracing is the is the new uh mid-range jumper in 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 terminology <laughs> for NBA fans. <laughs> it's crazy, but um aside from that man, I'm doing good. I'm actually happy to have you on here cuz uh I want to talk a little little bit of Cavs and I mean, who else to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers and the host of the Cavs Central Pod. Uh by the way, uh shameless plug here, but uh I'm so happy that i have joined Justin also as part of the Hoop Heads uh, podcast network, so check out Central pod, And you can check out Spam the Spurs, too, if you'd like San Antonio Spurs podcast. Just a little heads up there. But, um, Justin's the authority on the Cleveland Cavs. And I look at the Cavs and I see a team that is, I mean, let's we're recording on the night of the 11th. They just finished playing a game. We could talk about that. I'm gonna let that leave it up to you, Justin. But they are number one defensive rating as of right now. They are dead last in offensive rating and they're 20th of 30th in net rating, and yet they're 5-5. Five and, five, and I feel like there's some encouraging signs uh, in this team moving forward. So I-, I just wanted to have you on to kind of make sense of this. We can kind of start wherever you want, but, uh, like, what is your initial thoughts going in and, and how have they been changed uh, so far? Well, um, they're
1: 5-6 and six after tonight. They lost to the Grizzlies. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot. It-, it was, a-, it was a-, a-, a good game, but the Cavaliers kind of had some bad mistakes at the end. We can get into that in a minute. But, uh, yeah, overall, um, you know, you talk about having one of the top defenses and one of the worst offenses, you know, not something that we were really expecting with this team. Um, and, and the defense is a little bit more of a surprise. The offense, I think, has been – the offense has been as bad as it has been just due to injuries. I mean, if you look – if you go down the Cavaliers roster tonight, they were without Collin Sexton, who was a very, very late scratch, um, Dante Exum, Darius Garland, Damian Dotson, no, not Damian Dotson. Dylan Windler, Kevin Love. I think I'm missing someone. Kevin Porter Jr., whoever else. Matthew Dellavedova. Like they're down seven dudes right now. And you know, I mean it was made wow. a, a big yeah. deal on Twitter uh, against, I believe it was the Bucks a couple nights ago, that they were running a, a lineup of Damian Dotson, Larry Nance Jr., Son Maker, Andre Drummond, and Javale McGee. You know, down the stretch in a close game in the fourth quarter. Like if you need a more, if you need more reason. <laughs> as to why this team has been a bad offensive team, look no further. Um, their entire guard rotation is out right now, with the exception of uh, Damien Dotson and Yogi Ferrell, who's just added on a 10-day contract, thanks to the hardship exception. But yeah, I think when you look at the uh, the offense, that's what to blame. Just uh, so many offensive creators are out right now. Um, Damien Dotson is doing a very, very good job filling in there. Um, he, he's... he's basically the team's he is the team's point guard right now i mean that's not a role he's really gonna have to play before i think he's doing a, a solid job uh shooting you know sub 30 percent from three but uh you, you know taking a lot of difficult attempts again just because he he's best used as a guy who can kind of fly around off ball screens and he's on ball almost all the time right now so he's taking a lot of pull-ups um just not getting the normal good looks that you'd expect from a shooter like that so you know He's still hitting some of those difficult attempts, and he's really, you know, impressed me with his ability to score inside the paint as well, you know, getting kind of, getting to the rim, um, finishing crafty around there. Uh, He had tonight in a big moment, you know, had a a putback that was in traffic and was able to finish. That was like a really kind of difficult athletic finish, so really been impressed with him. Outside of that, though, uh, you're looking at a lot of Andre Drummond right now with uh, (laughs) It's always the best thing. Uh, it can't. I'm I'm not going to say it can never be a good thing because Andre is a beast when he gets the ball in the paint. And, you know, he's, he's usually going to get, for most guys, a decent-looking shot. It's just, is that decent shot going to go in? Because, really, for for as many, you know, paint touches as a guy like Andre Drummond gets, the touch is really not there in, in, in on those posts, you know, hooks yep. or kind of shots or floaters or whatever. Mm -hmm. It seems like he does miss a lot of bunnies, but at the same time, you know, he's able to use his, you know, just force to, you know, get in there and create super easy looks. I mean, even against Jonas Valanciunas tonight, you know, he he was bullying him around the rim able to push him out of the way. That's not an easy thing to do for a lot of people, so they've looked there for quite a bit of offense. Um, Larry Nance Jr. these past three games has really kind of got his shot going, you know, he's been reliable shooter at least. And other than that, uh, you have basically Jetty Osman with the ball a lot, uh, which can either be you know, a not-so-bad thing or an absolutely god-awful, terrible thing, depending on the night. Uh, it mm-hmm. seems like with Jetty right now, it's either, you know, shooting like four or six from three, you know, like 16 points, seven assists, or it's like four points and you know, two assists and a rebound on, like, one of 11 shooting. It's been very hit or miss for Jetty all season. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, it kind of seemed like, oh, my gosh, like, Jetty's, like, on fire right now. Like, you know, we've talked about this team so much, but one thing that was never yeah. really well was that, you know, was Jetty maybe an improved player. I think that's kind of out of the window now. Um, yeah, I, I won't say it's out of the window because his role has changed so much. But I would say that the shooting – was kind of, when you look at things that, you know, this Cavalier team got off to such a hot start, um, you, you kind of try to find things that aren't so sustainable. I think that jetty shooting was one thing that was kind of identified, at least by me, as not so sustainable in this really, really hot start. And I think that's proven correct so far. Um, tonight, I thought he played a fine game, um, but there have been, again, some really good nights. And with his increased ball handling role, he's had uh, multiple nights with seven assists as well. He's done some good things there's just also really really low moments and really really bad nights as well
0: yeah I was gonna say and we talked about him like you said when we were um, doing our our Cavs preview a while back and I wonder if and we haven't seen him play so it's hard to kind of gauge the potential impact but I'm gonna ask anyway because what I do um if, if Kevin Porter Jr. was available right now um Do you think he would have less of a a role? And we talked about this because I think the reason I bring that up is because um, we had thought about where he was in the cast hierarchy before the season started and whether he'd be the starting three, um, what would happen, some of his improvements during preseason. And I mean, I I just wonder if, not just with the way he's been playing, but also having someone like Kevin Porter, we kind of talk about um, him and whether he'd have such a prominent role, especially with the ways that Isaac Okoro um, in the limited time that he's been playing has been. But I wonder if, chetty's best role is more of like like a ninth tenth guy well i think you said it
1: perfectly there i mean that that is his role is kind of just a shooter off the bench in that kind of ninth ninth tenth man role um ideally you don't want him on the ball a ton you know i mean you can get something done sometimes but there's also just so many moments that end in you know really kind of bad turnovers or just you know he, he's really you know for as big as he is and you know, it's seemingly strong as he might be, he's really not. Um, he does. He struggles to create space on his drives, or you know, trying to just create space in the mid range. It's really just not something that he thrives with. And it, you know, you talk about a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. That was someone that you know, coming into the season. Obviously, we didn't know what situation he was going to be in. The situation he's in right now. Um, you know, we still don't know when he's going to come back. Uh, but, you know, and I'm not saying I'm not trying to imply that they should rush him back. I think that Kevin Porter needs to take his time and settle out whatever needs to be settled out. But coming into the season, I thought that we would see a lot of Kevin Porter Jr. at point guard, and that was with a completely healthy lineup, not just in you know, this sheer necessity mode that we're in right now. Yeah. Kevin Porter Jr. would undoubtedly be playing point guard if this was the case. But, um, yeah, I think you're, you're exactly right there. Um, with a guy like Kevin Porter, I think Jetty would have a lot less on-ball responsibilities, and I think that can be said for – you know, any of these guys that are out. You look again at Delhi, who would be, again, with all these injuries, a very important player. Uh, Dante Exum would be a ball handler. Obviously, colin Sexton and um, and Darius Garland would both be ball handlers. Even Dylan Windler could, you know, take care of that a little bit. Kevin Love would have a lot of possessions with the ball in his hand in the half-court offense. So, yeah, I think... It's just been out of sheer necessity for Jetty at this point, but you look at a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. in particular, and yeah, I think definitely having someone on that floor with him, and someone who can also kind of make plays, you know, not just, you know, handle the ball and score, but also create for others. I think that's really kind of a perfect player to put next to Jetty, especially if he can be competent defensively, because, like you said, I think Jetty is perfect as a ninth, tenth man off the bench who can just kind of come in and hit open threes, but... We've seen now that he's had to kind of be forced into this, you know, starting guard, backup point guard role that
0: he he does have his limitations. Yeah, he's definitely overmatched, and you're right, as far as limitation being more or less on full display as of now. But uh, without going – actually, we already on the negative spot. Has there been anyone, aside from Chetty Osman before we go to the positive, that you've been less than impressed with in this early going of the season? <sighs> Uh, I won't even say that I've been uh-huh. impressed with Jetty because at the same like at the
1: same time like what he what we expected him to do well at which is basically shoot threes well it has been a little bit of a roller coaster ride I can't necessarily blame Jetty for you know the the circumstances that he's been put in I think you know at the beginning of the year when he was in that very limited role he played great so I think before I really cast too harsh a judgment on him you know I have to see him play a, a little bit more in Kind of see him back in his preferred role. Other than that, um, and again, I, I can't knock him too much because everybody has increased responsibilities. Andre Drummond is, you know, someone who just kind of makes you want to pull your hair out sometimes. Uh, <laughs> tonight, you know, with a close game, it was within I believe four four points maybe, uh, like last couple of minutes, and Andre just throws a pass out of bounds. He thought that I think it was it was either Isaac Coro or Damien Dawson or somebody but he thought he was on the wing. Andre didn't look there. He just passed the ball. That's out of bounds, and that pretty much seals the game. And it's just—it's frustrating stuff like that from him. Uh, you see some of the good passes on highlights because he does make some good passes, but I feel like the problem with Andre is that he kind of hunts those flashy plays a little bit more than he should, you know, instead of just making the right play sometimes because, while well, he does get some good plays made. He also misses some obvious ones, in my opinion, and he tries to force things too much. He, he really... He's made it, especially over these past three or four games, has really made it his goal to try to throw, like passes, like like hard bounce passes to cutters on the baseline going to the rim, and I think maybe one of them have gotten through out of the six or seven that he's thrown. The rest of the turnovers. Wow. Um, I mentioned, you know, I, I mentioned the finishing around the rim. He's just not a guy who has great touch, um, and that's just how it is. I wish he would kind of shoot a little bit less than he has, you know, in down there. Um, and at the same time, like I said, he, he's, again, especially right now with, now with Yogi Ferrell on the roster, there's mm-hmm. two guards in the rotation. Like you need somebody to create in the half court, but Andre Drummond is definitely somebody that you can take plenty of positive and plenty of negative away from.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely an enigma. Do you see him, Based on the way he's playing, I don't see him as a trade chip this year. Do you see him possibly having a longer-term future in Cleveland, which I think you probably shudder to hear the question, but just in general, I mean, the guy's 27. I mean, you guys don't have, like, a big waiting in the wings. uh, What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I haven't really dwelled too hard on it, but I imagine that, I mean, they had to make the trade for something, right?
1: Well, I I think, Andre, it's it's too early to to halt the brakes on Andre Drummond trade discussions. I think coming into the season... Uh, It was almost, it seemed like a lock that he was going to be probably out of here by the deadline. Um, I still think that could very well be the case. Obviously, the Cavaliers are off to a a very, very good start, you know, really exceeding expectations, even with all these injuries. You know, if you had told me that this fully healthy roster was five and six up to this point, and really, they haven't had a terrible game. I think the game they played against the Pacers was kind of ugly down the end. But outside of that, they've really competed, and especially in this last week, you know, with all of these injuries, this team is playing really, really hard and staying in every game they've been playing. So wow. if you get guys back and like, and Andre continues to look engaged, which is, you know, a legitimate concern. He has looked good up to this point, but I think when he came here last season, he was someone who just kind of floated out there. Um, that's why I was really kind of down on this off season because I just didn't know what he was going to look like commitment wise. But you know, if he keeps playing as well as he has been and, you know, keeps, you know, remaining active and engaged on the defensive end as well, which I will give him credit there. He's done a fantastic job. Um, really been a solid rim protector, has active hands. Again, tries to make big plays a little bit too often, but overall has been a very, very solid solid piece on that end. If you, you get guys like Kevin Love and Garland and Sexton and Kevin Porter Jr. back into this rotation, then you know, maybe you don't look to trade Andre Drummond. If you think that this is a team that can compete in the East in the next couple of years, you know, which, again, the way they're looking right now, that seems like a very real possibility. Then I think there's a chance that they look to keep him around, maybe not in a long-term contract, but I would see more of like a two, one- or two-year extension being in play. And in that way, you could also, I think, pay him a little bit more money then I believe he's worth. You could kind of maybe inch closer to that $20 million a year range if it's on a two-year $40 million deal. Um, I I think that's more likely. But, again, there's also still a very, very real chance that this team does kind of cool off as the games keep rolling on. You know, there's going to be a lot of games going on here. And if that is the case, then I do definitely still see him as a trade piece at deadline.
0: That makes perfect sense. I completely understand that. I. I think he's an interesting one uh, because he is the one guy who's not really locked into your core uh, for Cleveland. That could possibly be uh, at least for like the next couple of years. He kind of ages out of his prime. He's still probably square in it um, and for a couple more years at that. But he's like that one question mark I have. But going from that, the question mark to uh, two guys who – Look to be part of the core moving forward and actually created a lot of excitement early on. Uh, we got the Sexland backcourt, which I love that name, huh? Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. What do you like, not like from them, from what you've seen, obviously, so far this season?
1: I loved it. I've loved both of their play. Uh, obviously, it sucks that they've both been dealing with injuries again this past yeah. week or so. But, um, yeah, it's been great to watch them. I'm, you know, the, the Sexland nickname is been around and in, in our Cavs circles for a while now, ever since Garland was drafted really. And it's nice to oh, see the game finally come out.
0: It's unleashed. But
1: um, it's unleashed and, and for good reason. I mean, they've been playing great uh, looking at Darius Garland in particular. Uh, one concern that I had with him in the preseason was that he was turning the ball over a lot. Uh, he, in his, you know, in, his, in the games he's played so far in the regular season, really, really cleaned that up. Um, he's, and, and you know that was kind of the concern between the two of them is you know, yeah, Darius is a little bit more like a floor general, but none of neither of them really are uh Darius did i believe have a twenty one and twelve game earlier on in the year, and that just kind of shows his growth as a playmaker. I think overall he's just able to create looks a lot better this year than last, both for himself and for others uh we we talked about you know how just how much more explosive he is, how much shiftier he is um you know The shots weren't always falling from deep, but again, I think that's something that you know is going to come with him. Uh, he, he's too good of a shooter. He always has been. He was last year. Mm-hmm. You, know, you expect that to really, really come around and become a real weapon for him. Um, but he's really been able to attack the paint this year in a way that he wasn't last year. And, you know, kind of something that I was looking at with him that I kind of wanted to see improve was getting to the foul line this season more so than last he I think averaged one free throw a game last season and honestly I don't think it's much higher than that this season but the difference is he still is getting in the paint and getting good looks again for himself and for others um still not somebody that creates a whole lot of contact on his drives but uh you know has really really developed a really nice floater and is just finishing not really through people but around people really 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 well um Mm. again just able to, you know, get the right angles off the glass, able to get just out of the reach of whoever the defender is. And defensively, I think he's taking some steps too. Uh, You know, just as far as, again, having an improved physique, um, you know, looking more explosive, getting a little bit leaner, a little bit stronger, um, having another year under his belt, just to, you know, be able to read NBA defenses, having the game slow down for him a little bit. Um, I think he's in better position, you know, than he was last year, which is an expected... Growth from year one to year two. Uh, we're seeing him fight through screens a little bit more so than last year. You know, that was a big problem with both Colin and Darius, is that they just died whenever they got you know screened on the ball. Um, like I said, both him and Sexton, that has really not been the case this year. Um, getting onto Sexton, Sexton is a lot stronger, just like Darius. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, you know, has been competing on the defensive end. It, a big concern about you know. Again, coming into the year, was just you know, this, well, this is such a small backcourt. How is this going to work? You know, neither of them are good defenders. In fact, both of them are pretty bad defenders. That really has not been the case, and it's been a limited sample size, but it has really not been the case this year. They both have looked really, quite frankly, like solid. Feisty. When yeah. They've seen F- the floor feisty. Again, Dogged. you know, this team, this team is you know one of the league leaders in turnovers per game. That's a no, you know, small part to them when they've been on the floor. And really, I mean, it's not just them. It's been a lot of guys. It's been Andre. It's been Larry. It's been Dante when he was in there. Other guys. Jetty's even you know, gotten some deflections and got running in the open floor. But, um, yeah, Colin as well has really just been able to score at will. I think that's something that, you know, I mean, we've really been seeing from him this year is you know, Darius has improved on the offensive end, but Talon has become a force. Uh, his ability to you know get into the lane and he kind of has that push shot that kind of you know maybe six feet from the rim you know kind of stop and take it from there has been you know really really an an unguardable shot for him I mean he's getting it to go like I said earlier at will um you know he's looking that he's continuing to prove that his three-point shot is legit you know he's hit at a, a very good rate I don't have the numbers out in front of me but at a very good rate there as well um, and overall, I think the playmaking is what it, it, it might be slow, but it is coming along. Um, overall, you know, he's making the right reads. Uh, he's had some really, really, and again, you know, the, the assist numbers are still not great, but you can just no. see some of the that he's making this year are leaps and bounds better than years past, especially looking at his rookie year. You know, it's just some, a little bit of flash in some of his passes as well, which is not something that you've seen in the past. So, yeah, overall, I, I believe that the hype you know, that we're seeing about those two is real. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing them get back on the floor together again. Colin was a literally last-minute scratch tonight. He injured his an ankle a few games ago. Um, he was right up until about when they announced the starting lineups, really. He was expected to be good to go, and then he was out with the ankle injury. So they play again tomorrow. Uh, today, if you're listening to this, they play the Jazz. Uh, I expect that he will probably be in the lineup then, but we'll
0: have to see. I mean, yeah, that's something I've definitely been impressed by their uh, maturation and it hadn't rapid, especially for Garland, because I was hounding when he first drafted, and then with rookie year, I mean, on the one hand, I mean, we all know as basketball fans that rookie guards take probably one of the longest times to develop in terms of competent basketball, especially at the lead guard position. But I, even from, I thought it was rough. Like, even for that, I'm like, uh, I don't know, y'all. But with that being said, like, he's looked a lot better so far um and that's one you of the uh-huh. consideration as well sorry yeah no, no,
1: no consideration as well that you know i mean he, he was coming off of a significant injury. injury i think he meniscus yeah. in college and he never really he was definitely not in the shape last year that he is in this year you know he, he looks just so much more comfortable in his own skin this year
0: most definitely most definitely so i mean you do have to look at that and you're right and with Colin, I, I, the one thing I was worried about, is okay, is he going to be like, like, he felt very much like the guy, a smaller version of the guy that Cavs trade away last year in Jordan Clarkson. Like, similar, they both start off kind of playing a point guard spot, then you realize very quickly they're more of a combo guard, and then you realize, actually, there's just more of a scoring guard with, like, some moderate creation, you know? And, like, to see him getting a little bit better, like you said, it, the numbers will still not blow you away, but there's at least a little more potential, maybe some smoke behind those numbers than there was last year when it was like three assists. And it's like, yeah, those three, he found like, and you're lucky he found those, you know? Yeah.
1: I think, you know, you compare him to Clarkson. Well, well, Clarkson does have a little bit more, you know, craftiness to his game, I think. Yeah. And just, you know, has maybe, you know, a more creative handle on the ball.
0: Clarkson has never been able to score like Colin Sexton has been scoring the ball right now. That's true. Yeah. That, I get you. I get you. Like the levels, which is crazy because I mean, what Jordan Clarkson is 28 now, and, and Colin Sexton is what 23, if that.
1: Yeah, I think if that, yeah. Uh, so, game. and that's
0: to pull it up To have that scoring edge, that scoring uh, mastery so early, that that's pretty crazy. Uh, well, let's go on to um, Isaac Okoro. He was a surprise. Uh, I think we talked about him when being drafted. Talked about like who they might get. I've had you on so many times I forget what we haven't haven't talked about. We definitely discussed him. I know that for certain. Um, he had a, a crazy good preseason. I think he was injured for some most of the season now, or some of the season here. I think he just had a good good player, or at least a good highlight dunk I saw earlier. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, let's just say up to this point in the season. Let's not even take the se- Just everything. I
1: love him, man. I love Magic the court. <laughs> I Cora. playing simple. There it is. Yeah. It's very simple. But yeah, you're right. He did have a foot injury. He missed uh, three, four games. Uh, he's been back the past few, I think. I think he's been back for four games now as well. So yeah, we, we did see the lineup with him a little bit out. But uh, yeah, since he's been back and before he went out, he really has been exactly what you were hoping he would be. Um, you know, again, the shot continues to look legit, um, both from the line and from three, even tonight. Like, I don't think it was like just a step back, but it was like he, he caught the ball and he kind of had to like st- side steps but also moving back into a three-pointer and drilled it. Like wow. Stuff like that is just that not anything that anybody would have expected, you know, pre-draft him to be able to do. And yeah. like it didn't look like a, like a crazy shot. You know I mean it wasn't Jalen McGee taking a three out there. Like his form yeah. looks good. He looks comfortable taking it and he's been making it. Um, the defensive end is obvious. Uh, you know, just I he is especially for a rookie, an unbelievable transition defender. Um, there have been so many times this year where even on two-on-one breaks, you know, and he's the lone defender and he's gotten a stop. Um, it, obviously we've seen some of the highlight plays uh, you know, against the Grizzlies a couple nights ago had that chase down block that kind of sealed the game. He ended up getting a, a backdoor layup as well to really put the game out of reach. But, you know, just, especially, you know, just just knowing where to be on defense at all times, uh, especially for a team that has run both man and zone defense, he's always in the right spot. He always makes right reads. Again, someone who is super duper active when the ball's in the air on passes, uh, done a great job getting in the passing lanes and getting steals and deflections. Um, you know, a uh, Very disciplined for his age. Uh, he still makes mistakes there. But, you know, like, there have been multiple opportunities where, you know, the guys like to try to kind of bait fouls on closeouts where they'll kind of pump fake the shot and then yeah, they'll come yeah. down with it and then go back up. He, he's fallen for it uh, maybe once or twice. But he he's done a very good job overall of not only not biting for the bait, but you know, staying in front of the guy and not letting him blow by him afterwards either. Like he's just—he's <laughs> a force on defense. I, I won't say he's a force, but like you see, like that defensive force potential. Like the guy is already really, really good. Again, for a 19-year-old, his body is something else. He is incredibly strong. You know, six, seven, or not six, seven, but like six, six. You know, just strong, super, duper strong. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, you look at, you know, the shooting ability being more than we thought. His finishing ability has been really, really good. Uh, If you look throughout the entire season, yeah, there have been kind of some bunny misses that, you know, you you thought he should have finished. But at the same time, there's also been some really, really difficult finishes. You know, he's had some reverse layups that he's finished on. And overall, just a a good cutter and driver with the ball. Uh, There's still been some times where he's a little bit hesitant to shoot the three ball. But he's able to, you know, get into the paint and create something there as well, either on a dish out to the corner or just finishing at the rim. So, yeah, overall, huge, (laughs) huge Isaac Okoro fan. Uh, I mean, I was I was literally probably jumping up and down in my living room when the Cavaliers
0: actually drafted him.
1: So, yeah, you can say I, I like Isaac.
0: Hey, I love it. The waxing poetic uh, about this guy is, is really cool. And for me, honestly, after um maybe Anthony Edwards, for his age and, and frame, like, he's one of the more impressive athletes in this draft class. Like, well, that actually ex- held up. I mean, mixed results in terms of performance, Anthony Edwards, but just in terms of, like, yeah, that frame and body is holding up just as well as, you know, people who watched the draft and, and watched um, the college games thought it would translate, you know? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's was- crazy. Um, yeah, so let's a uh, couple more things just to wrap up here. First off, um, I guess more this still a more micro kind of focused view. What do you think so far of the coaching of J. B. Bickerstaff so far? We talked about him. I had some weird, um, well not weird, they're just mostly pessimistic him. Uh, but you know, you kind of stuck up a little before him and looking at him now and what's happened so far. Like, have you had any significant like Victories, any sort of concerns uh, about the way that Bickerstaff has kind of helmed this team so far? I mean, obviously, they're doing fairly successful, so there's something there. But I know you dig into the minutia of it, so I figured I'd ask.
1: Uh, to be completely honest, he's been incredible up to this point. Uh, yeah. Insanely creative, um, fearless, you know, with what he's putting out there, um, and, and really just a great motivator for his guys as well. Uh, he has this team... Again, you, you look at... Uh, I'll go to the, the Bucks game a couple nights ago, which was a game they lost I believe by 10. I think this final score was 190, but you look at that entire game as a whole, the Cavaliers, there were multiple times where they got down by like 12 or more points, and each time they brought it within like four. They just never, ever, ever went away. Um, to be able to wow. do that, and again, that was a game where Giannis didn't play, but to be able to you know coach that and just keep those guys engaged the entire time. I mean, again, like, this team is 5-6. and six. Like, if you had told me before the season that they were at, like, three wins or less right now, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised. Yeah. And not only are they 5-6, and six, but, like, they have been competing in 11 games in. They've been close in, like, 10 of these games with wow. all of these injuries. Like, they're playing some freaking maker at small forward. They're playing Larry Nance Jr. at the two guard, and they're oh. still competing. Like, like it, it just his ability to get creative with rotations and just play an ugly style of basketball has worked, mm-hmm. and he's got his guys to buy in, and he's just figuring out ways to get things done. Um, I, I like that he's kind of mixing things up with the zone as well. We've seen a lot of 2-3 zone from this team. Uh, it, it, to mixed results, you know, some guys work some guys kind of work better in that than others. Um, yeah. On my podcast, we've gone into how Jetty Osmond is not somebody who works well on the zone. Just again, <laughs> know where to be off the ball,
0: Awareness, which is important. Yeah. In the
1: zone, but overall, you know, being able to you know, just improvise, and you know, when you have to run three centers on the floor, you'd rather go zone than man to man because the time maker is probably going to get blown by by a perimeter player. But when you can have everybody just use their length collectively. Works a little bit better, even if it doesn't work that well. So, overall, yeah, I think the Cavs have found their coach. Um, again, just a great person, a great leader on and off the court. Um, you know, was super duper involved in the community throughout, you know, this summer and still. So, yeah, um, I, I don't have a lot of positive, or I, I don't have a lot of negative that. things to say, you know, overall about him and, and about this team in general. You know, I mean, they've way outperformed most people's expectations. And I think it's really been a group effort. It's not just one or two guys that have, you know, really shown a massive leap. It's really been very,
0: very solid, if not outstanding, play across the board. I thought just a commutative commutative effort to kind of bring them to where they are now. Um, All right, so I guess my last, well, two questions here, Uh, just from seeing them, and this is from someone who, in myself, I've watched... I think I watched uh, one of their their second game in full, and then just parts of their game since then. Um, and I'm gonna recap. I was trying to prep and watch some more, but I don't consider watching the the, the full like highlights, um, like the what's called the extended condensed game as like really yeah. watching them because you only really get a feel for them. So I'm gonna do some more of that. Um, hopefully this weekend. But in general, the reason that they've been playing well, and you said there's some signs of long term, um, let's just say continuation in terms of the types of positive growth they've showed where like what specifically do you think they can tap into for you expect some regression but to kind of continue to be on the same path that they are and how does this change the way you looked at cleveland before going into the season talking about their core um their outlook for the season um everything from there obviously we're kind of adjusting on the fly and it's a little too early to tell of course but just from what you've seen especially with some of these signs as you said um possibly being just more than a flash in the pan.
1: And it's it's interesting because you know you look at just you know talking about it being a flash in the pan. I'm. It's not like you know they have hot shooting right now. Like they're one yeah. of the league's worst offenses, and part of that is just because well yep. most of it because of injuries and they're, they're the forced bad. to play, Javale and Drummond on the floor all the time together, and they're forced to play Dean Wade and Thon and you know whoever else on the floor with them. Larry Nats, you know, Damian Dotson that point guard all the time. But it, it, I looking at you know areas of regression. I think it's just you know if losses continue to pile up, how engaged do some of the vets stay? You know, looking at Andre Drummond in particular, mm-hmm. because he has been very very important for this team and you know the success of this team. They need him to continue to be a beast on the boards, to continue to bang down low and you know get to the foul line. They can't just have him kind of you know slip back into that you know, post-trade deadline Andre Drummond last year that just kind of started to freelance and float around and not, you know, stay locked in on defense. But, you know, we, we talk about, you know, p- potential regression. Like, how much are they going to regress when they get Kevin Love back, when they get Colin and Darius and Delvadova and KPJ back? Delvadova! I do in that. But, like, all of them, you know? <laughs> I know they just got Yogi Ferrell, but like yeah. Delva would be super duper important on this team as currently constructed with all these injuries just because of the sheer need of a ball handler and playmaker. Like Deli would be logging huge minutes right now if he was healthy. Yeah. So you look at all of those guys who are going to come back in, and you, know, you look at you know the struggle to create half-court offense right now, mm-hmm. they're going to be adding hopefully Kevin Love, you know, Darius Garland and Colin Sexton back into that. I forgot to mention Dante Exum earlier, but he's been great as a perimeter defender, you know, and again, he's going to be out for a couple of months, but, you know, you just got Isaac Okoro back as a perimeter defender. You know, you have to see what you get from KPJ, but, you know, he's someone who has, you know, real potential at, you know, six, 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 seven to be a good perimeter defender. So looking at progression or, or, or regression more so, I'm not sure exactly where it comes from right now. Maybe just wow. as you reincorporate some of these pieces, the defense doesn't look as good because again, well, you know, Garland and Sexton have taken strides defensively. They're still not great there. Uh, Kevin Love is not a good defender at this point, even though he's, he's a pretty smart team defender. You expect a guy like Dylan Windler to make mistakes, you know, so maybe maybe the defense gets a little bit worse. But at the same time, unless they just really go ice-cold shooting when all those guys get back, which is a possibility because maybe the rhythm's been disrupted. But I, I guess, you know, maybe the defense takes a step back. But you, you got to expect that these guys are hopefully going to come in and really start firing and hitting some shots to give this offense a boost from where it's at.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I, I get you on that. I, I guess for me... You're right. You're not going to have regression when you bring back players who are integral to your success. So that makes sense. I guess one thing would be, are you still, if you're Cleveland, looking to sell sell off um, if the price is right for Kevin Love? And like you said, for Andre Drummond, if you are still successful, do you say, OK, this is kind of where we can be and we can just kind of tread water and and get some internal growth from our young guys and just make moves in the Eastern Conference? Or do you go, OK, great, this is better than expected. Now let's see what we can get for our veterans that we showcase half the season.
1: I think that that's a question that you can't answer until those guys come back. You'll just have to see how Kevin Love looks. Uh, And, you know, I talked about Andre Drummond being engaged. Is Kevin Love going to be totally engaged? So, you know, I mean... That
0: makes a lot of sense.
1: You know, it seems like up to this point, JaVale McGee is completely bought in. But see he start to slip, you know, you you never know how those things go. So, yeah, overall, I, I just think right now they're playing you know, gritty, tough basketball, and they look great. And in theory, you know, that should continue when guys come back, and they should get better when those guys return, and the offense should look a lot better. But, you know, at the same time, this is still a pretty young team. Guys could go cold, you know. Okoro could, you know, kind of run into a rookie wall and, you know, shoot 20% from three for a month and, you know, struggle from the foul line a little bit or whatever. You know, Jetty could just stop Doing anything productive on the court for a month that wouldn't surprise me
0: <laughs>
1: so I mean really you know it, <laughs> we'll, have it. To see. We'll, we'll we'll have to see what happens with Kevin Porter. you know we have no idea how long he's gonna be out um, yeah. you know you know you hope that Damien Dotson you know again, I fully expect that his shooting comes around, but you know maybe in a limiting role, you know his his shooting still is kind of struggling. So there are definitely plenty of ways to go wrong for this team. But as of right now, things are looking pretty solid. And when I say pretty solid, I'm still not saying, like, I'm, I'm not saying playoff team. I'm not saying play in-tournament team. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, that, that kind of, that in-between range to where you're not, you know, a cellar dweller, but you're not really, you know, in the mix yet. But you're just kind of one of those fun young teams that are really on the cusp. Oh,
0: of course. And I, I think we can all agree with definitely not – we were – uh, you were kind of optimistic as someone who's an insider in the Cavs in general, but this ex- isn't exactly what we thought of when we thought of this team going into the season. So any of this is encouraging, I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just looking at one more encouraging piece on this team, Dean Wade has been great.
0: Uh, I just want to say that really quick. <laughs> I was I waiting. You know say, you love some Dean Wade.
1: I, I said it on Twitter. God, I love Dean Wade. He has been <laughs> fantastic for this team. Um. Again, someone who was out of the rotation early just because, you know, the power forward spot is kind of deep on this team. But, again, with all these injuries, he's came in. And we've been playing Dean Wade at the three, and he's been playing really, really well. Uh, Kind of struggled to hit shots, you know, early on when he got minutes. But, again, the past few games, he's been knocking down his threes. He's, you know, taking them with confidence, uh, which is, you know, kind of one of my biggest knocks on him last year, that he just didn't look comfortable on the floor. That seems to be completely gone. You know, he's taking – Contested threes and making some of them, but overall, I think he's had you know a perfect shooting night this year as well, where he went like three for three or two for two. He may have even, I think, the last two games he played before tonight, he shot three for three and two for two from the field, if I'm not wrong. But oh, wow. um, overall, has been like in, in a more limited role again. He's been about a 15 minute per game guy, but overall it looked exactly how you want Dean Wade to look. He's a guy who's able to get in there and get some rebounds. Um, he's much better than I thought he was going to be defensively this year as well. Um, you know, I, I kind of thought he was going to be kind of slow footed and we kinda of be talking about, you know, well, what position does he guard? You know, he's not really quick enough to guard fours, you know, on the perimeter, but he's also definitely not big enough to guard fives. He's proven that he can guard threes this year he's playing in these big lineups at the small forward spot and having success. Like he's not a, you know, a super athlete, but he is a much better lateral defender. He has much more lateral quickness than I thought. Like he's able to stay in front of guys, which is again, super duper important. Like even, you know, going back to preseason, like watching him stay in front of guys and just not get beat. Like I expected him to has been really, really important. And since the shot has started falling, it's like, Dean Wade is like actually maybe a guy for this team, which would be great.
0: Another guy to add to that young Corey I got going. This is a, it's just it's an interesting team to look at moving forward, especially with like you said, how well they've come out the gate. I knew I was going to get some Dean love from you, so I'm glad I left the little the, the option open. I was going to ask you, did you have any other um players, points, anything about the Cavs you wanted to bring up before I let you go? Just that listeners should kind of be a, looking in because let's let's be real, unless you're an NBA diehard or you're you know watching. Um, the great Andre Drummond, you know, he made the rounds on Twitter with that uh, beautiful flip shot that went backwards. Um, you know, most people are now saying, looking you know, not really, <laughs> that, was, that <laughs> I was a beautiful shit. shot, man. God, I, God. I had to, <laughs> but like, like aside from this great content you've given me already, what is like one or two points that you think that just for someone who's not watching Cleveland for whatever reason, you know, what is something they should be aware of uh, about this team before we get out of here? Point JaVale is real. At is real.
1: JaVale McGee. Watch tonight's game against uh, the Grizzlies. Watch oh a God. couple games before. Like, this dude is taking the ball the length of the floor, and for some reason, like, people just, like, and, and I'm assuming like this is not sustainable because he, people are going to start realizing, like, why on earth are we just letting JaVale McGee drive the length of the floor? Like, I think what's kind of <laughs> happening here is, like, oh, it's like, oh, it's just JaVale. You know, like, he's not going to do anything. So what happens is, you know, everyone just kind of shrugs him off. He gets literally the length of the floor to where he has momentum and a one-on-one against, you know, whatever center is, you know, finally picking him up at the rim. And he's had literally like four or five layups like that this year, including a couple tonight. So, yeah, had to get my little JaVale spin in there. Um, he's taking threes with mixed results. It's fun-ish except
0: for when I, it's not. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I saw, I saw, um, I saw, I think it was a clip of him just confidently taking a three. Unlike he would, like, he took, a, like, six. He took six, he made three in Los Angeles last year. And, like, you know, it was garbage time or whatever. But, like, there's the middle of the action. Like, I'm just going to take a three. I'm like, what? Like, this he's is not your, uh, huh? I said he's pretty much been taking one a game this year. Wow. This ain't your papa's uh, JaVale McGee, y'all. This is something else. <laughs> wow, that's what's up, man. Hey, Justin, thank you for coming on Give me some of your time talking, Cavs. I'm going to think about that JaVale McGee unleashed well into the evening now. But um, aside from on Twitter, at jatch 26 uh, where the, can they find you in your work? Obviously, um, host of the Cavs Central pod. Check that out, y'all. Basically, a, a better version of what was done here with some more insight and probably better questions. But just a really good, in-depth, to leave the Cavaliers pod, but um, share anything else you got, Justin?
1: That's, I mean, you pretty much you you nailed it. Um, oh. Yeah, Cavaliers Central. Uh, you we were on Twitter at Cav Central Pod. You know, putting putting out episodes every Monday and Thursday. You know, that's it's been going all through the season. It'll keep on going. We, I think, we just reached fifty episodes there. So. Congrats, man. But um, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Justin Match twenty six, and uh, just because I can't leave any Cavalier unmentioned. Shout out to Thonmaker, shout oh out to Marky Folden, shout out to Lamar Stevens, and shout out to Yogi Farrell, my new favorite Cavalier. Just kidding. But um, <laughs> before we get out of here, Yogi Farrell had a nice night. I think he had like nine points and a couple, I think at least one steal. Um, but yeah, Yogi got picked up on the hard except, hardship exception, and mm-hmm. uh, he played well tonight. So, had a couple but mid-range dude, shots,
0: had a block that was
1: impressive, but it was a foul. But either way,
0: he's been fun. He was a fun, fun guy to have tonight. There you go. Yeah, you got you got the pocket rocket and uh, Yogi Ferrell as well to this team. Hey, Justin, I know what's going on here, man. We'll have you one again real soon. Thanks again for hopping on. Um, Shout out to Yogi Ferrell. And this is it for NBA Today. Until tomorrow, I'm Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty. And I'll talk to y'all then. All right, y'all.